Lesbian podcast. I'm Mickey, and this is Jay Church and Charlie. And what did you guys do this weekend? Well, it's kind of a slow weekend. We got we're getting ready for the Folsom Street Fair next weekend, so we basically just went online and bought our outfits. We're gonna go as mechanics. Trying to and get... <laughs> she's trying to convince me to go as race car, but I don't know. So we'll you see. would be a race car, and they would be the mechanics. Well, basically, we race car go. driver. Yeah, they would be your pit crew. Yeah. It'd be hot. Yeah, no, I love pit crews. Do you? That'd be awesome. No, I don't know. I know I actually do. Actually, I used to race um, carts. So. Oh. Yeah, I have an, actually a race um, race car driver suit. If you want to borrow it, oh, too. And that would be the one awesome. is white. It's like shiny white. It's perfect. Um, it might be a bit I hot. Might for... wanna borrow that. Oh, really? Well, you know they're flame retardant. Mm. You know it's an I mean. easier look to do than the leather, though. It is. It is. And you need to wear a baby powder if you have leather. Outfits on. Hmm. Folsom Street Fair. I thought that was latex. I don't know, but I know that I was like, wow, I really wish I had baby powder last time I wore leather something. Yes. Did you get chapped? No, I just it just really sticks to you, and Mm. sometimes you don't want things to stick to certain places. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You get warm. You're walking around. The sun is beating down on you. Mm. It's really intense. Folsom Street Fair for people who don't live here is a a big leather fetish fest that happens every year. And it's coming up um, next weekend, I think, September 28th. So it's a big talk around here right now. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, actually. It's it's kind of a... It's a a step down from the Dory Alley fair, I think. Um, It's more for everybody. And it's it's really hot, all women in leather and people getting spanked everywhere. It's more gay men, though, right? It is more... Everything is more gay men. Right, we're working the uniform angle more than the leather this year, though. Oh, right, right, uniforms, yes. And then there's a pajama party, too, right, at the Rebel Girls? Yeah, the Rebel Girls having a lingerie party the night before the street festival. Lingerie. I'm definitely going to that. What are you going to wear? I don't know, maybe my birthday suit. Yeah. We were talking about this, because it's like, what do boys wear to a lingerie party? Boxers. Boxers. Mm. It's so boring, though. Boy briefs? Boy briefs? I'm curious to see how it works out. Too bad we didn't have little, you know, the lesbian podcast briefs or something. Yeah. <laughs> Vice and I have worked out something very special for the evening, but oh. it's top secret, so oh, I can't talk secret. about it yet. Okay. It's going to involve a lot of glitter, though. <laughs> a lot of glitter. Wow, that hmm. <laughs> top secret glitter project. Yes. <laughs> Be looking wow. out for I w- it. I would look forward to seeing that. <laughs> well, today we have two special guests who are going to tell us uh, what it's like be a transgender couple, and Charlie's going to tell us the latest lesbian gossip in a segment we like to call Rainbow Rumors, and later on we'll f- say a few words for Del Martin, the um, longtime activist who lived in San Francisco and who died on August 27th. Uh, but first, let's get to homo headlines. A Greek court Tuesday dismissed a lawsuit accusing an LGBT rights group of demeaning the people of the Aegean island of Lesbos by using the word lesbian, a team of a term islanders have used to name themselves for centuries. In dismissing the ca- case, the court said that the islanders did not have sole claim to the name. Demetrius Lambda, one of the litigants in the case, said Sappho was not gay. But even if we assume she was, how can 250,000 people of lesbian descent, including women, be considered homosexual? 
Lemdow has denied the suit was homophobic. The word lesbian has been associated with gay women for the past few decades, but we have been lesbians for thousands of years, he said. I think that's hilarious. If you use the word lesbian in like a normal sentence, it just makes it so much funnier. <laughs> We've been lesbians for thousands of years. That's, that's really hilarious. Everything's better with lesbian. It really is. <laughs> Like if you just if you use it like an idiomatic expression and you put in the word lesbian and like the important part, I think it's really funny. Like what? What are you thinking? Well, like um, a stitch in time saves a lesbian, <laughs> or you could take a lesbian to water, but you can't make her drink, or what? Like um, that's the sound of one lesbian clapping. That one's good, I think. <laughs> or what's um, a lesb? If a lesbian falls in the forest and no one's there to hear, does she really fall? <laughs> I'm getting off topic. Anyway, and what do you get if you put Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton on a podium together? SNL attempted to answer that question last week in a skit, a skit intended to be funny but ended up being poignant. In it, Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton talk about sexism and politics. There's a great line where they compare philosophies, and Hillary says that she believes global warming is the issue of the century, and Palin says it's just God hugging us closer. <laughs> it's very funny. It seems the media is continuing its love affair with the haughty governor from Alaska. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I can't believe you still think she's hot. She's kind of hot. She's kind of she hot. She has a generic hotness. She's frightening. She, she is frightening, but she's hot and frightening. And that's why she's so frightening. You'll have fun think? at a Folsom Street Fair then. Right. What do you mean? <laughs> hot and frightening. <laughs> that's exactly how it is, isn't it? Boy, it's like Sarah Palin all over the place. Oh, awesome. That's what we should dress up as. Yeah, we should be Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin in leather. leather. Yeah, we could put that on our website. Mm. Sarah Palin and Leather. I don't think I could pull it off, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And now we're ha- going to have a segment we like to call Rainbow Rumors. Charlie's going to do that. Hey, did you guys know that Lindsay Lohan is rumored to be a big old lesbian? That's been out for a long time. It's just an overdue publicity stunt or something. Well, actually, this past week she just confirmed it. How? So... Uh, she and Samantha Ronson, her rumored girlfriend, um, were interviewing on the radio show Love Lines, and Samantha put her on the phone, and she came out and said, I've been dating her for a very long time. Why were they even being interviewed, though? I mean, Lindsay doesn't have a movie coming out or anything, does she? Well, maybe. Maybe it's in the works. (laughs) But, uh, they were being interviewed for other celebrity news, so. Huh. No, we all know she's a big old lesbian. So Lila's a lesbo, huh? We'll see how long that lasts. Does anyone else wish that we had a better lesbian spokesperson right now? Like Megan Fox. Megan Fox or Julia Roberts would be even better. Like someone Why really wholesome. Because she's wholesome. You're she's too old so for our generation. She yeah. is too old, but no, but she's wholesome and people just can't help but like her. I mean, she smiles and the world smiles Wholes- with her. Wholesome's not hot. Wholesome Do you she's think not that hot. about Meg Bryan? She's wholesome. Actually, I think if she came out, that would probably be good for our community. Hmm. We could put her on the co- please come out list. Would you want to have sex with her? No. Boring. She fucked. Would you want to have sex with Megan Fox? <laughs> she really messed her face up, actually. Um, no, Megan Fox, yes. I would. Yeah, just for the night. Oh, and and Megan Fox might just be one of our own. According to an interview, she fell in love with the stripper at 18. Oh. Who doesn't fall in love with strippers? And she was also giving the stripper presents to try to get her to quit stripping. So I don't understand. How did she know? Uh, how I never went to a strip club when I was 18. I think I went to my first one when I was 18. Really? In Kentucky. Yeah, because you can be 18 if it's a juice bar. If it's a juice bar? Yeah. If it doesn't serve juice liquor, and titties. you can be 18. <laughs> <laughs> how sexy is that? I'll have an orange juice and 
Never mind. Those <laughs> titties over there. Yeah. It's the all nude bars. They all, yeah, the all nude. They can't serve liquor. Those are kind of intense and they get right in your face. Well, it always paper. freaks me out that they're all rubbing on that pole. And they're well, all Well, do nude. you see them? They, they scrub it down. It's really gross. They scrub it in down. In between though. strippers? They do. They do the little. Mm, I think know, that they... right there would dissuade me from falling in love with a stripper. Really? Just the, yeah, the gooey pole, yuck. The gooey pole. It's the gooey, gooey pole factor. Yeah. <laughs> it really eliminates your hotness. No, I think I think it's. I don't know. Topless strippers, strippers yes. Nude strippers, no. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's I where like, I draw the line. I like topless. I don't draw any lines. You're <laughs> <laughs> not very artistic. No, I really. I don't draw any lines. I love. You're you open minded. Know. I really am. The best times in my life have been with strippers. Really. All nude awesome. or topless? Uh, multiple. Occasions, what? Like always? No. In a I mean, club or in bed? What are you talking about? <laughs> where are you going with this? I don't, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just saying, I'm very pro. But you know, I think Megan Fox. I don't know. I just think I never went to strip club when I was 18, so I think. We record three blocks away from the Hell's Angels headquarters. That was them. It's been a rowdy right. week around yeah. here. <laughs> The leader of the San Francisco Hells Angels was killed in the mission last week, and it's been craziness over here ever since. Really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They had um, cops outside our door for the whole day that the funeral was going There's on. There's a helicopter circling. A helicopter? Oh. <laughs> for Hells Angels. That wasn't funny. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even you get it. You know, it went right over Hell your head. Because it wasn't funny. I think it just hit the floor. Yeah. Um, Let's edit no. that one out. <laughs> Oh, come on. It's funny. Someone out there. Someone, right? Someone in the Midwest yeah. who's really bored would think that's really funny. Don't don't talk about Midwestern people. I can talk about Midwest because people. Because you're from the Midwest? Yeah, I represent. So I wonder if Katy Perry was a stripper. Probably not, because before she was the I Kissed a Girl girl, she was recording as Katie Hudson as a conservative Christian singer. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? That's crazy. That's like that's quite a transition. It is. And it actually never happened. She wrote the song and it's not based on any actual event in her life. Really? She's so. never kissed a girl and she liked it. She never kissed a girl. No, she was actually confronted by a gay news organization about it and like the underlying maybe homophobia in it and her response was some of my closest friends are gay. I bet they are. Well, that means she's okay with homosexuals. Yeah. Clearly. (laughs) Some of her best friends. Friends. You know, with quotes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think think the song, when I first heard it, I thought it was really good, and now I hate it because it's overplayed, but I think it's a... um I think it's a decent song. It's catchy, and I liked it too when it first came out, but, you know, I don't think people listen to the lyrics. They just listen to the melody. Um, but there are underlying... Um, there's an underlying homophobic theme in the song, so... Yeah, you think that, don't you, Jay Church? You had some issue with it. I just think that... I mean, I think the standard is whether you could apply it to other minorities, and you'd never have a song like... I kissed a Korean. Come out. It just wouldn't work. <laughs> you know what though? It's. It, I don't. I don't agree with you because I think that um, that I kissed a girl is a phrase that's used in everyday language. And I kissed a Korean. Sorry. Maybe it is used in everyday language. I don't know, but I don't think so. I don't run around saying I kissed a girl. No, but people say you know I kissed a girl. Oh, I, ha- I kissed a girl last night. You don't do that. I do that all the time. I kissed but a girl. Or a girl lesbian. <laughs> it I kissed a girl repeatedly last night, and I liked it. What if it was a, a guy lot. singing? I kissed a guy. 
See, yeah, you would that, hear that song. But again, you, you don't hear that phrase in everyday language. And well, I think we're running around saying I kissed a girl because we're lesbians. Wouldn't gay guys be running around saying I kissed a guy because they're guys? No, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that it's not a sentence that's uttered in language, everyday language, you know. And I think it's subversive. I think if I was in the Midwest and I was a little girl who was gay and, you know, thought that no one understood or anything and I heard that song, I would be jumping up and down and I'd be blaring it out my window. Like, I'd be so excited. I kissed the girl and I liked it. Because ultimately, it sits on that fine line between right and wrong for everybody. And that's where a lot of people sit before they come out. They sit wondering. But know, if you listen to the lyrics, she actually says it's wrong. No, she said it's so wrong, but it's so right. But she's basically saying it's she's like saying her belief is that it's wrong. But ultimately, all you hear is the main line, which is, I kissed a girl and I liked it. I could totally see the song being it. fine. If it wasn't for the fact that she was previously a conservative Christian recording artist, and she has other songs like You're So Gay. Yeah, like, yeah. Just the whole um, package all together. And, like, I know that You're So Gay, yeah, it's funny or whatever, but it's kind of like, she's you know, you can make fun of your own minority. Right. She's not gay. So. She can't make fun. We can make fun of her, though. Every day. Yeah. All we want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we would. Okay. Who wants to go tell the Hells Angels to shut the hell up? <laughs> Hey, how's angels? I vote for Jade Trip. <laughs> if I'm not back in 20 minutes, <laughs> just forget about me. <laughs> we'll just go on without her. We'll just continue the podcast without Jade Trip. We'll just well. edit everything she said it's out. It's one casualty. I'm probably shark food in a carpet roll. <laughs> Today our special guests are Alex and Max Cronin. And they are a couple who have been together for about, I don't know, five years and Alex is actually transitioning from female to male, and Megs is her partner. And um, I want to thank you both for coming to do this interview today and taking time out of your day. I know that you have lots going on, but um, I guess I wanted to talk to you, Alex, in particular, um, and just ask you, how did this process come about? Uh, how did it happen that you decided to transition, and you know, what was that whole process like for you? Um, that's pretty much been a lifelong process. I've always wanted to be a boy. Um, and I decided about maybe a year ago to, to just do it, to become a boy. So uh, now I'm in the process of, of becoming a boy. And so I'm on hormone treatment, which I've been doing for the past four months. And it's going great. Yeah. And how did your friends take it when you told them you were going to transition? They were all very shocked. They had a lot of questions. Like they would pull me aside immediately and be like, like let's go out here and you know, just ask me all these questions. They were they were pretty straightforward, which I appreciate. And so I was able to answer their questions, and now it's all good. What kind of questions did they ask you? Um, just what? like, I don't know. Like why you want to do it? Kind of ran the gamut, you know, because we've got a lot of straight friends who have never been exposed to anything like this before, and we do have lesbian friends who have had plenty of trans people in their lives, we've got gay boyfriends who may, you know, whatever, lots of different perspectives and, and le levels of um, exposure and understanding, be it academic or otherwise. Mostly I think they just wanted to know what I was going to do to my body. Like, what, like, are you going to have, what kind of surgeries and, and all of that, so. Yeah. So they knew what to expect, I guess. Right. I've, you know, I personally have seen a lot of um, transgendered people in the gay community here in San Francisco. And I, when you told me, I have to honestly say that I was a little, um, I was a little shocked. I mean, I've known you so long, and I had no idea. 
and um, I've always considered you a brother, like really, like a brother. And I feel like we are brothers. Like I, I love you, you know. But I was definitely, you know, surprised, and I was, I was a little sad. And I and I searched myself to figure out what that meant for me when I was going to do this interview. I thought about it too, and um, I realized that you changing for me is kind of scary because I was worried initially that our relationship would change. And I think I think that maybe that's what you do to people. You somehow you come and you say I'm going to change, and people who've known you for so long probably get a little worried that that their relationship with you would change because your gender is now changing. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually. You know, you are you, and I think that that it takes people a little while to figure out that you've always been you. It's just your exterior is changing. You know, I know I've always been changing, and I think that our relationship will change, and it's been changing. I'm not, I'm not really afraid of change. Uh, I like changing. You know, we've yeah. we've grown as as we've been friends, and right. we're going to continue to grow. Right, it's, it's ever changing. Yeah, I'm changing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, our relationship's definitely going to change. But it's it's not like it's you don't want it to stay the same. Anyway, right, right. You know. Well, I mean, it's growing, right? It's definitely growing. Yeah. yeah. And I would throw in from my perspective that when you know when I first we we I mean it's been an ongoing conversation for us, but like, um, you know, initially it's like oh my god, but at the same time, you know, from from the perspective of any relationship. You know, if if you're interacting with someone who's not happy, um, once they are happy, that can only serve to strengthen that that um, that bond. So I think, in in general, it's only gonna improve her relationships. I'm curious, just because everyone else that's interviewing already knew you, so I just met you today. But I'm curious as to why it's such a like a shock to people, because most of the people that I've met my age that are you know transitioning or that are considering it have. A, like chosen to go by the male pronoun so like it wasn't it's not really like a shock that all of a sudden they want to be male so I'm curious like did you not adopt the pronouns or like how did what what steps other than like actually like going on hormones like what other steps lead you up to that point or did you take any um no I don't think I actually took any steps per se um this is just a part of my natural I mean this is my life the way it's unfolding um, I didn't take any steps. It's just going this way. I've never been hung up on pronouns. Um, that's just me, though. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I think, though, after I have my top surgery, um, I'll, I'll want to just go ahead and just make a switch, just make it all of a sudden so that there's no confusion. Um, but re- for right now, I mean, I don't care, really. So will you switch to just, like, the male pronoun, or are you familiar with the Z pronoun? No, I'm not. Have you ever read um, Stone Bitch Blues? Um, Okay, this it was new to me because like I just read this a couple weeks ago, and we have a friend that like insists on going by the Z pronoun. It's for like people who don't identify as either male or female, mm-hmm. and so I was just wondering. I mean, obviously, if you're not familiar with the term, then I'm assuming that you're, you're going to go with the male pronoun. But I was just wondering how that played in. No, people are going to perceive me however they're going to perceive me, and they can call me whatever they want, and it's not going to matter to me. Okay. It, what matters to me is how I feel. So. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that that's great, and it's really open-minded. I think, um, you know, for other people adjusting too, that's that's great. You know, it's helpful. And then, yeah, you told me about that before. So, um, and I, Mike, I have questions for you too, Mags. I mean, how did you feel when she told you? That um, 
you know, it didn't really like, I mean, I, there were certain turning points in it, but it's been sort of an ongoing thing with, for both of us, you know, like, I mean, I was, I was suspicious when I met her, <laughs> you know, um, I was never sure if anything was going to come of it or if she, she'd decide to act on it. But, um, you know, I, I had noticed that there was some potentiality there, you know, and, um, when it, you know, when it finally became clear that this was definitely going to happen, um, you know, it was, it, in the end, it sort of came down to, like, you know, we've been together a long time, and our relationship is not a checklist of body parts, <laughs> and, um, you kind of have to cut through all that bullshit and just look at like your relationship with another human and decide if they change in this fashion, um, is how's that going to affect um, the love between the two of you? And why? And I found that I definitely wanted to stay with her, and I thought it would probably improve our relationship in the long run because she'd be happier. And then after that, um, you know. There's trying to sort out all the bullshit about, like, well, what name do I use to describe my relationship now? And, like, what name do I use to describe myself? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm still, you know, sorting through some of that to a certain extent. You know, you can always fall back on the blanket queer term. But hang <laughs> out <God> for queer. <laughs> and, you know, um, but luckily, I, I don't know, I mean, we have all manner of different types of friends, and I, so I didn't have that, you know, I've read a lot about people being really concerned about being sort of banished from the dyke community, you know, and um, mm. honestly, like, I have a small circle of lesbian friends, and I've never really been super active in the dyke community. I would dip in and date, and then leave, you know, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> and then come back, <laughs> and then not. So, you know, I don't, like, I, that part of it wasn't a huge problem for me. Um, Fig you know, figuring out names is weird, but not the end of the world. And a lot of the rest of the stuff is just about ego, you know? God forbid I have a partner who's stronger than me. You know? Like, that's... Right. And, you know, like, while there's definitely a five-year-old portion of myself that's like, eh, I was always taller and stronger. <laughs> this is no fair. <laughs> you know, like, what right. the hell? That's no... You know, like, that's, that's petty. That's dumb. Right. So, you just... You come up against new things, and you just try and be as authentic as you can and hope you can describe it and if you can at least you still know what you are on a on a gut level right well that's a, that's really a beautiful way to look at it i think and you know speaking of stronger i mean alex have you noticed changes so far i mean you've been on the hormones four months now mm -hmm. yeah. and what have you noticed um well, the first thing that I noticed was that I lost my period. That was the first thing to, that was the first change. Like, as soon as I started taking the hormones, it was gone. So, I haven't had it for four months. And Can we all get hormones? <laughs> <laughs> really? yeah. They're pretty good on a lot of fronts. <laughs> wow. Um, facial hair, um, now I'm starting to get hair, more hair all over my body. Uh, my muscles are definitely getting bigger. I'm starting to notice my voice dropping. Um, my body's just changing. It's just changing. I'm starting to notice it. Like for the first three months, Max would tell me, "Oh, this is changing." I'm like, "Nah." -uh. But now when I look in the mirror, I'm like, "Oh, this is this is something different," and I like it. I have a question. Um, I've read a couple books on female to male transitioning, and um, they talk about the day to day process of just going through hormone treatment. So I was just wondering if 
you know, there was one day you woke up and you saw, you noticed that your voice dropped or you noticed like more facial hair. Did that, was that kind of something that you celebrated? Like, how did you feel about it? And was it something you had, you had to mentally transition into? Um, no, it didn't happen all of a sudden. It, it's been, it's been slow. Like I said, I think Max like thought she noticed some things that are different. I mean, I it's definitely, sooner. it's obvious <laughs> that I have facial hair, um, but it's definitely been gradual mm. and it's just been just recently, um, that I'm starting to notice, you know, a difference, you know, like the first three months or so I was like, Oh, nothing's really happening. And in fact, I was upping my dosage to mm. like almost half what it should be. Again, I was supposed to take one milliliter and I was taking one and a half for several weeks. Um, just because, like, I didn't see anything happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing that anymore. My doctor gave me a good talking to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's but really, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago where I started to really feel like I'm changing uh, on the outside. How long is it supposed to take for the whole process? The whole process change? is ongoing. I'm going to be okay. taking hormones um, for the rest of my life. Um, but I think that, I mean, it depends on what you mean by how long does it take until, you know, until I'm fooling people into, you know, thinking that it's a boy or until I feel like I'm a boy. It's different for different people. Okay. Um, I'd probably, within about a year, um, I think that all the changes that are going to happen will be happening. Are there any side effects from the hormones? Not that I know of. There is a s- occasional, there's a slightly upped chance of um, ovarian cysts and cancer. But I'm going to have my ovaries removed. Yes, and that, and that is the solution. You, mm-hmm. you okay. um, There's actually a whole movie about that called Southern Comfort about a, a man in the Deep South who um, got ovarian cancer and couldn't get care because he's in the Deep South and he's trans. Oh. Totally depressing if you want to watch a totally depressing movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's also pimples. You're it's scared. like I'm an adolescent boy, I'm a pubescent mm-hmm. boy, and I'm starting to kind of look like it. I like a lot of pimples. And, so mm-hmm. that's not my favorite part. <laughs> Have you noticed any mood swings or increase in sex drive? Um, I haven't noticed the mood swings, but one thing that's interesting is that I've kind of been, like, people are expecting me to have mood swings, mm-hmm. and so even though I don't think I'm having them, people will be like, wow, you're being so aggressive right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I am not. I'm, I'm actually just being calm, and you're projecting that onto me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but and um, the increase in the sex drive, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Side bonus. <laughs> well, that's great. Awesome. Well, I don't know. Do we have any other questions? I mean, how do you deal with the period in between? You're completely passable, and you're not. You, I mean, you don't look full on like a woman anymore, but you're not completely possible as a man. Just like, I mean, using bathrooms, like just stuff that day to day. How do you deal with that? Well, I'm I'm using the female restrooms right now. I'm a little apprehensive of the first time that I use a male restroom. Um, I'm really I'm I'm not a patient person. I can't wait for the whole process to just be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing to me right now is my chest surgery. Um, I've always wanted to have a flat chest. Um, and I think that once that happens, uh, I'm going to feel a lot better. I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable with myself. Um, what about, um, I know you guys just got back from a trip in South Carolina. Are you concerned at all about, I mean, San Francisco is kind of a bubble, you know, 
Like, how do you handle going to places like South Carolina or the Midwest where maybe it's not? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, like, that, I mean, that aspect of it isn't a whole lot different because when we would go to South Carolina before mm -hmm. and we'd walk down the beach and we'd hold hands, mothers would, like, scurry out and <laughs> pull their children out of our paths and, like, mm -hmm. it was stare. It was really, really awkward. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of walk down the beach and, uh, you know. <laughs> so, like, you know, now you know, it's it's not much different, you know, like, we're both still got a lot of tattoos, and, you know, like, it doesn't, it's just always awkward, Yeah. you know, <laughs> and, like, you, you feel like you don't necessarily want to be completely unattended in the middle of the night, you know, but, mm -hmm. like, it's not, I haven't noticed a big change there so much at this point, and we, you know, we go out there, like, once a year to visit my family, so, hmm. blah, but, you know, here, here it's easy enough, and, you know, we don't, we don't need the bubble very yeah, <laughs> it's nice in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I guess that's it. Um, I w thank you for coming. I really, really appreciate that. Thanks. It was really great. Oh, I forgot. There was one other thing I wanted to say about that that yeah. I forgot about. Once um, she sort of plateaued in terms of all the changes and stuff, like female to male trans people are they fucking pass. Like yeah. <laughs> most, of it's real. It's almost flawless. You oh know? yeah. So like. I feel like after a while it's gonna almost be easier easier in those areas, which mm -hmm. feels weird too. But a non-issue kind of thing. Yeah, huh. <laughs> that'd be really interesting. Yeah, you're kind of navigating this unknown territory, essentially. You know, yeah. we don't have a we don't have uh, any trans friends really. I mean, not not really close. So we're we're going it alone. Well, I'm just. Can I ask one more question? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and this might be too personal, so. I mean, you don't have to answer it, but I know there's been a lot of debate about um, trans people in women's spaces, and I know that you said it's probably not going to actually affect you because you don't really hang out with lesbians, but I was just curious on your opinion, like, do you feel that, you know, if you turn trans and you're wanting to be a male, does that mean that you should still be welcomed within, like, the lesbian community at lesbian events, or do you feel like you should be going to the male events? And I'm just curious, like, both of your opinions. Or have you even thought about it? Uh, I ha I have thought about it. I'm just I'm not the type of person who thinks that I should be allowed into any. I'm not. No, I don't think that I should be allowed into anything that's a private event. You can, you have the right to say what you want to allow in. Okay. So, that's what I believe, and and I'm fine with that. So like Asinta, the the women's bathhouse. I know there was a big drama with that. Like you would you're on the side that you know if you're transitioning to male, you probably shouldn't be going to the women's bathhouse. Okay, if that's what they want, I'm fine with that. Oh really? Okay. What about you? Um, you know, it's sort of. I mean, I occasionally like I do go to Dinosaur, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Like I'll go out to things and it's super fun. But um, you know, she sort of is not super into going to that anyway because she already feels a little awkward about it, you know. Mm -hmm. So like, and when I go, you know. I don't know. I'm sort of I'm of, of two minds about it. Like in in queer spaces in particular, I think it really just depends on like the vibe of a particular party. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, you know, I personally like don't don't really enjoy going to parties where everybody's like aggravated that I'm there. Right. You know, but at the same time, if you know everybody's totally cool that I'm there, I don't care if I look like everybody else. Right. That you makes know sense. What I mean? And like and that's sort of my you know. So I feel like there's a self-correcting quality with with events on that front like some things are some places are going to be totally cool with it and some places aren't and I suppose it's good if they're going to not be cool with it that they be articulate about it as opposed to like having someone go in and be like oh my god <laughs> you know right. like I'm really not um 
I, I don't know if I'd want to like stretch out and make a blanket statement about what people should and shouldn't do. Right. You know, it, your mileage <clears throat> will vary with anything. Um, outside of queer spaces, I've, I remember, I, you know, the gym I go to, I saw a trans guy in, in the women's um, locker room and he looked so worried. Really? You know, it was, I was just like, oh, you know, I, I wanted to like do something, but I, you know, like it's an awkward time. Everybody's half naked and you're <laughs> just kind of like, oh, honey, you know, it's, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And I f- do feel like in that case, actually, it probably was totally appropriate for him to be in the women's locker room because, you know, God forbid, like, right. you know, you don't want to, I'd rather get, get bitched out by some angry women than beat up by some angry guys. That's a good point. You know. <laughs> that must be difficult. It yeah. must be really difficult. Um, have you found support, uh, any support groups or anything? I haven't really looked for it. Yeah, yeah. They're they're out there, for sure. Yeah. And there's, I- there's even one for, for partners that's like every other month or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it is out there to a certain extent. There isn't a huge... I, I found the, the amount of presence online for, for partners is minuscule. There's, there's yeah. not a lot out there at all, but... Um, but that's cool. I think that'll change over time. This is an issue that's been gaining visibility fairly recently. In like the last five years or so, it's really started to gain a lot of steam. And you know, and right now the focus is, of course, on you know the folks who are actually making the transition. I think over time, as people are more accepting and there are more partners involved, there will be more out there for them. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that, that you know becomes a reality. It should be. I mean, it, it makes sense that you would need support, too, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, at, at the moment, it's been, I haven't felt like there's been a deep need for, for a support group for us. Like, we're doing okay, you know, and that, that, that may change, it may not. Who knows? But, you know, we've, things have gone remarkably smoothly so far, <laughs> so. It's good. That's yeah, great, yeah. It's nice. We're just getting started, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should be interesting. The kinds of new issues and things that you probably can't foresee, you know. Oh, you totally yeah. can't. You just gotta, you know, try and handle what's going on right now and leave it at that. It's like a day-to-day kind of process. Yeah. Okay, so, well, I want to thank you both for coming and um, interviewing with us, and I really appreciate you taking your time to do that. Um, it's a very intimate, um, personal thing, and so I really, I really respect that you were able to talk to us about that. So thanks a lot, Alex um, and Max. Mickey, I wasn't able to tell you before, but um, I was actually listening to a Hedwig soundtrack <laughs> that you made for me for Christmas many years ago when I decided to just tell Mags just straight out, I want a sex change. <laughs> <laughs> so you were practically there. Wow. <laughs> it's like I was in the room, but not really. <laughs> That's so special. Mickey, you inspired. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great soundtrack, mm-hmm, Hedwig. Totally. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for that. Thanks. Okay. So speaking of, you know, movements gaining steam, I think we should go on to talk about Del Martin. Yeah, I think um, that would be a good time. Um, So Del Martin, a longtime gay rights activist and the first to wed her partner when same-sex marriage was legalized this year in California, died August 27th at age 87. She's survived by her wife, Phyllis Lyon, with whom she fought for gay rights advances, health care access, and support for battered women. The two joined with six other lesbians in 1955 to form the Daughters of Billets, the first lesbian rights organization. They soon began the publication The Ladder, the first widely circulated lesbian newsletter, which drew new visibility to the then-fledging gay rights movement. 
Okay. Um, hang on. Alex also mentioned something about um, her having the first... Uh, I'm sorry, could you speak about it? It's the, a medical she, center? Yeah, the center that I go to um, provides services for the trans community, and uh, it's the Lion Martin um, Health Services Center, and I believe that she, she started that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Mark Menke of the Rainbow History Project was quoted as saying that Martin helped give American lesbians and lesbians around the world a sense of hope and a sense of normalty, of being perfectly normal people with lives to live and rights to claim. I don't think Del Martin ever stopped pressing for rights, pressing for recognition, or pressing for acceptance. So we can all you know, honor that, absolutely. Okay, that's it for uh, episode two of the Lesbian Podcast. Oh yeah, and we should mention, we're going to be out this weekend filming at the Folsom Street Fair, so be looking for us so we can put you on the show. And remember, you are what you eat.